Welcome to the Happy Business Show featuring Therese Skelly of HappyInBusiness.com. Listen in as we pull back the curtain and share real-world stories of successful business owners just like you. You'll love the truth, honesty, and inspiration revealed in each episode. And now, Therese Skelly. Hello, hello, this is Therese, and this is another episode of the Happy Business Show. I love this show. I love this this podcast series because we bring the coolest people here that tell their story, tell the story of their journey on the entrepreneurial path, which to me was really is a spiritual journey. But but my beautiful guests and experts come on and share what it really takes, because it takes a lot more than, than pushing and striving and, and just, you know, throwing stuff against the wall. It really is a transformative journey. And so I'm super, super excited today to, to bring Simran Singh, who is going to talk about, are you ready? I love this topic, your journey to love. Now, on a business show, it might be like, what? <laughs> Wait, what? But you know what? This to me is the work I do these days is all about love. It is all, all about love. And so Simran and I have been Facebook friends, and we have definitely a mutual respect for each other. So actually when I saw her her new book coming out, I was like, I have to have you on my show. I have to bring your work to my people. So um, let me just read about Simran. So Love Catalyst, Visionary Creative, Rebel Humanitarian. Simran, the publisher of the award-winning 1111 magazine and 1111 talk show radio, is the author of Hippie Gold Award-winning Conversations with the Universe and Your Journey to Enlightenment, along with her new release, Your Journey to Love. In addition to TEDx, Gaia TV, and speaking nationally and internationally on the Rebel Road Tour, Simran initiates movement into new paradigms for humanity through vulnerability, realness, and loving expression. She resides in Charleston, South Carolina, and you can see her website at imsimran, I-M-S-I-M-R-A-N.com. So welcome, my dear. It's so wonderful to be with you, Teresa, and definitely mutual love for one another. I have to say exists between us. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We do reach out on Facebook from time to time and go, I, I see you, sister. I love what you're doing. You know, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It started, um, and you actually asked me to be a contributing author for your one of your magazines, your 1111 magazine, and it was the first, like, print magazine I'd ever been in. I was like, oh, I was very excited. So you have a beautiful reach. Uh, I was like, Thank you, thank you. Well, I want to hear, tell us about, because you do a lot of different things, and and so tell us a little bit about your business, and what about you, what do you love about it today? I love the fact that I live a very spontaneous life. I truly Mm -hmm. live my, if you want to call it a business, uh, because everything has evolved into being my life. Uh, I live from a place of inspired action. I live from a place of only doing what follows my heart, only mm-hmm. doing what feels fulfilling to me completely because I know when I'm in that place, I'm truly reaching out and touching mm-hmm. people and doing on the planet what I was sent here to do. That's fabulous. Can you, you know, I, I so appreciate your story. You know, I've seen your video and watched your talks and stuff. Your story of, well, kind of giving up everything in your life, like like stopping, listening, you know, from a deep space, and and just trusting. Can you can you share a little bit about that story? Because I think I think so many people on this journey 
are in one track and they're like, oh, I'm doing this or I'm supposed to do this or, oh, I should be doing this or my parents want me to do this or this makes the most money and the most sense, but their heart and their soul is yearning for something else. So could you speak a little bit about how, because I love your story here. I think that my own journey has always been one of truly desiring to grow myself and expand myself to higher and higher heights. Mm -hmm. And so I've always been that risk taker. I've always been that one that says, how can I push my own limits? I've never Mm. been the type that's been competitive with other people. Right, right. Yeah, the internal. More of a competition with the self or how can I be more than what I am? Stretch that. Mm -hmm. And I reached a point in my life where everything had to change and where I really wanted to not just talk about the laws of spirit, I really, for my own sake, needed to see how the laws of spirit really, really worked and how the universe, how the world really does work with us every step of the way if we really are willing to surrender. And I mean the big surrender, the surrender that says, I can let go of my identities. I can let go of everything I've known myself to be. I can let go of the businesses or the the ways I've revealed myself in the past and go into this complete unknown space of seeing what the divine flow leads me to rather than my free will self, which has always wanted to control every single moment of my life. And that's what I did. And I really followed a path of, it was called the Rebel Road Tour, of really allowing life to show me the signs, the symbols, the synchronicities, the quote-unquote conversations with the universe as they appeared moment by moment to really let me understand that when we dive into life as the divine child with the wonder and the spontaneity, giving ourselves the grace and the enlightenment, like I talk about in my book, Your Journey to Enlightenment, that we really do open up these portals and doorways and wormholes Mm -hmm. into different experiences of ourselves. But it Mm -hmm. really takes us letting go of identity Mm -hmm. and personality to do that. So when you say the rebel road, like this isn't just like a a metaphoric, (laughs) like you really like hit the road. Because I really want to give give people a sense of when, you know, the the word surrender and let go, that's kind of bandered around a little bit and like, oh, yeah, yeah, I won't worry about that. I'll put that in my God box. But you literally threw your life to the to, to the universe, right? Like, so tell us about a little, a little bit what that was. I did. I I let go of everything. When we talk about surrender, we we tend to think about the surrender of everything materially that we have, that we surrender uh, all that we've been in that respect. And so that was the first step. As I surrendered my entire life, I packed up everything. I left a marriage. I got into a 231-square-foot RV with my two children and two other women and decided to just embark on this journey where I was just going to show up wherever people wanted to see me speak. And I was going to say whatever came to my mind in that moment, whatever that looked like, without planning anything, because we are spontaneous creations. Mm -hmm. And we all know, deep in ourselves, we all know something that we're here to share, but we never let ourselves trust enough to let that reveal. Our identity Mm, tells us the plan. Our personality tells us it's got to look a certain way to perfect. And I wanted to see, can I just show up? Is my presence enough? That was the ultimate question, is my presence is enough? I want to see that. And so I allowed myself to show up in every moment. And I discovered that 
I was always prepared for exactly what I needed to hear, what those people needed to hear, mm-hmm. what the space needed to bring. Mm. And it led me around the country to 66 cities, ultimately taking me to Wyoming, where there were uh, over 400 people from 22 countries, and we gathered together for an incredible cosmic event. And I never would have dreamed that that's where the final Rebel Road show would have ended that's up or what, how prepared I would have been in my own uh, ability to yeah, speak sure. people. Wow. And I bet, I mean, that you probably are still processing. I would imagine that experience, I, I can't even imagine something more transformative, right? You just throw yourself and life to God. The God's got you, right? It took care of you. Exactly. And, you know, one day I'll be able to put it into words. Yeah. It's one of those experiences that yet there's no words to it. Right, still. right. It's still evolving. Wow. Whew. So was there ever a time that you weren't happy? Like, that, you know, you've, you've, you've talked about surrender and you give it up a marriage and you're listening, but was there ever a time that you could say, this is where either my ego got involved or I, I wasn't listening or I was too wrapped up in pleasing people that I, I, that I was on this other path? Was there ever that time? You know, I don't think there's ever been a time where I wasn't happy with my business. Okay. However, there were times that I was not happy with myself. Oh, and I wasn't happy good distinction. With Very good distinction. I heard about. Yeah. Well, and and yet they are one and the same. But yeah. yet they're very separate because we can serve in the world. We can create. We can do things that that can almost become a distraction as well mm-hmm. from what we're really feeling. Mm-hmm. Sure. And we're often so conditioned to be the one that's got to be the perfectionist or got to be the best or has to have an agenda or has to have goals or has to have an end point. And that was the part of me that I wasn't happy with. That was how I had been conditioned. There was always a place to go. Right. And I was always exhausted. I was always completely exhausted. And it was because I was always running to that place to go. And there was never anywhere to go. Okay, so hold on. I think some people's egos are like, this is like heresy. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, what? And so how did you battle either the people around you when you when you shifted? And it said, why are you not like, how can you just sit there and not plan, right? Or how did you battle the old part of you that said, but if I don't have a plan, if I don't have a place to go, all bad things are going to happen. So how did you how did you shift to navigate that? So it's been a two-parter, Teresa. The first part was that rebel road. It was saying, I'm going to live my life for 11 months completely unplanned, not being anything that I was before, diving into all kinds of experiences I've never done, such as sing when I've never opened my mouth to even (laughs) or do comedy when I've never in my life had a funny bone, or get up on a stage and speak when I have never, ever had the courage to get in front of a crowd and speak. It was pushing myself to the limit of saying, If I am truly a representation of the divine walking, Mm -hmm. as we all are, Mm -hmm. then that means that I have the ability to actually do anything. We are creation creating itself. And I actually have the ability, but I've never tapped into the ability. So now I'm going to not be who I've always been, and I'm going to do everything that I've never tried. Mm -hmm. And that's what the Rebel Road 11 months was. And it was the highest experience of wow that I ever could have had because I superseded all limits of myself that I ever knew I had. Mm. And when you reach those sometimes heights, when you when you stretch your own experience, 
to the far reaches of what it can be, what has to happen is it has to bounce you back to the opposite paradigm Mm -hmm. of everything that you have believed yourself to be. Mm -hmm. And in my case, that's what led to the journey to love. So that's the second part of not having a plan. Because the next thing that hit my life was crisis. Mm -hmm. It was chaos. It was uh, something on the outside that was completely bullying and controlling and manipulating my entire experience. And I could not stop it. Wow. And in that experience, I hit bottom because something was taken from me that meant everything to me. It was like a death. It was like a loss. It was like that place to reach that we all hit at some point in our life where we find our legs ripped out from underneath Uh us. uh We're on the ground. We can't cry enough, and at times we can't cry because we're so numb. Uh We're in both places. We've become mush. And that's the place where I knew I had to dive deeper into. Yet so often that's the place people want to run from. It's where Absolutely. people don't want to sit. They don't That's want to right. feel it. It's it's like the shame you talk about. It's uh-huh. like that shame busting uh, that you are, are helping people to understand. You know, shame is the worst disease on the planet right now. Uh-huh. Right. And we we hold that shame inside because we don't want to face it. We don't want to face how wrong we are, how bad we are, how ugly we are, or how incompetent we are. We don't want to face how we've manipulated others or our own lives or how we've bought into the idea of money and wealth and power, or how we have decided that we have to give up so much of ourselves just to fit in. And when we're really willing to face that demon that is sitting inside, only then can we truly understand the divine that is also sitting next to it. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking, so So keep going, keep going. There's a marriage that we are each supposed to have, and when people look at their lives and they say, you know, everything's going fine for a while, and then I hit this slump, I hit this place where I'm depressed, or I hit this place where something's gone wrong in my business, or I hit this place where something has gone kaflooey in my relationships, and I hate how that feels. And I want to get out of that place as fast as possible. And so I get busy or I self-medicate or I want to go out to dinner or take me somewhere to make me feel good. I'm going to positive affirmate myself out of this place. But what I'm here to say is can you sit in it? Uh Can you feel it? Can you let yourself see how we have been the caterpillar, how we have just gorged and eaten and been destructive and and taken in everything in our path to try to reach some goal in the future because we've been taught that's where we're supposed to go. And go inside instead. Go into that cocoon. Because you know what happens to a caterpillar when it goes in the cocoon? We we think about the butterfly next. We think about, oh, it's going to emerge and there's transformation and it's going to become this beautiful butterfly and fly off. But what actually happens is it emulsifies. It becomes pure liquid. And the emotion, the memory of any trauma, pain, experiences that we have ever been through, they are in the liquid of our body. And we have to feel that liquid, and that's why we have to have tears. And we have to melt, and we have to fall on the ground, and we have to go into the places of hopelessness, and we have to go into the places of utter despair 
And what I promise you is you will not die. <laughs> it might feel like it, but it won't happen. It will feel like it. Mm-hmm. It will be a pain that hurts so deep until you let it hurt yeah. deep enough that all of a sudden there's no pain at all. When there's I think- nothing. It is a place of pure calm. Having been there, you know, I totally understand this. And I think it's really sad because because that state in our culture is viewed as crazy and or what's wrong with you. You know, come on, pop out of it. You know what I mean? And so I know with my clients, when they start to break down, I celebrate that. I'm like, oh, awesome. Yay. That means that, that the work is working. You're breaking down. And so you kind of need, like, somebody that can hold that and be witness and not pathologize it and not jump in with you, but just hold. It's like, you're going to be okay. There's nothing to do. You're going to be okay. Right? You're exactly right, because people don't realize that our powers and our pain, when we can go down into the depths of who we are, then we can reach up into the heights of who we are. There's something asking us to to be, let reveal. And when we're going into those deep, deep, dark places that you're talking about that, that really are good, that are there to mm-hmm, be celebrated, mm-hmm. yeah, what's yeah. happening is that identity's cracking. Mm-hmm. We're breaking glass ceilings. We are moving beyond just the physical framework and the physical mind that we have into something bigger. But no one has ever taught us that. Mm-hmm. No. We've just been taught to run from it, that it's not right. good to feel that, that crying's wrong. Stop crying, stop crying, that's not good. Yeah. Stop crying, we need to be happy. And that's not always the case because the, the part of us that was willing to go into those places to be ugly, mm-hmm. to be manipulative, to be angry, to be jealous, to be all those things that we want to brand as wrong and bad, that one loved us enough to go through every experience it had to go through so that we would discover our light. Mm. There's two of us inside. There's a shadow and there's a light. Mm -hmm. There's a lower self and a higher self. But we're so busy clamoring for the light that we disowned half of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why we don't feel whole. Mm -hmm. Right. And that is the sacred marriage that has to happen. Mm. Well, I want to talk about you know, the the journey to love. So when you think about the journey to love, can you talk about what it has to do with building or expanding, like, your life experience? Well, it's really everything that we've been talking about because Mm -hmm. when we're expanding that life experience, whether it's relationships or business, the more we can embrace and love ourselves, and that means every piece and part of ourselves, the more the experience, the business, everything in life, expands and we also begin to embrace and encompass a level and an idea of success that is far beyond the concept of success just like your journey to love is far beyond the concept of love because none of us were ever really taught what love was so how could we do it right sure And so your journey to love is that full embrace of every part far left of you to every part far right. Mm -hmm. And when you can, there's a level of compassion. There's a degree of humanity that births. You know, we think of humanity as this big thing outside, the whole world. That's humanity. We're trying to save humanity. The only humanity that's 
worth paying attention to for each and every one of us is our own. Because if we can embrace every piece of ourselves and embrace our own humanity, mm-hmm. then we will be able to embrace every person outside of us. And that changes everything from business to relationships to how we see other people. And ultimately, all we're here to do is see, here and acknowledge one another. Mm-hmm. But that has to happen first by doing that for ourselves. That is beautiful. That's beautiful. Mm. So talk about intention. You, you you use a term called two-faced intention. So can you speak more about that? There's a two-faced intention that I discovered as I was on the floor. <laughs> on the floor. It showed up when I was on the floor. I love that. Okay. Well, because you, we, I wanted to really, I knew if I was going to go to this place of, of despair, if I was going to go to this degree of pain, if I was going to look at what m- my life had turned into in that moment, mm-hmm. I wanted to know what beliefs actually got me to mm-hmm. this place. Mm-hmm. Because we do create our reality. So everything that was showing up outside of me could only be based on what I was deeply believing inside of me. And that meant I was going into every nook and cranny I could find as far back as it appeared to be. And what I discovered is that we each have two primary intentions. Mm -hmm. And those intentions rule our life, rule our business, rule our relationships. The first one is, I want to be so special so unique that I am unlike any other person on the planet. Yes. And the second intention is, I want to be just like everybody else. (laughs) Woo, that's a mind warper, isn't it? It creates nothing but struggle. Internally yeah, and yeah. externally. Yeah. Because you keep bouncing back between the two. <laughs> Again, whether it's business, relationship, mm-hmm. or anything, if those are the two places that you keep going back and forth from and you're never conscious that they exist within you, you can't figure out why stuff keeps showing up in your life. Mm. So I, I could see how, like, there really is, like, a schizophrenic aspect to that. And I bet very many people get, get schizophrenic results. Well, part of me wants this, part of me doesn't want that, you know what I mean? So this really speaks into this. It really does, and the irony of that is we are all completely unique and special in the story that we create, Mm -hmm. the story of drama and struggle. (laughs) That's where our specialness ends up showing up because we all got a story. That's right. I suffered more than you. (laughs) Right, that kind of stuff. Exactly. No, no, no. My pain is bigger than your pain, Therese. Wait till you hear mine. Ah, All right. Okay. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then then how we are all the same, how we are all completely like everyone else, is we were all born from the essence of love. Mm. And in the end, that is the only thing that exists, is the essence of love that we are. That's beautiful. That is our sameness. That is what makes us all the same. Right. Right. I love this distinction. This is this is just exquisite, this distinction. Thank you. Now, talk about the distinction between intention and attention. So I think the self-help movement and positivity and motivation has really done a disservice by guiding everyone towards constantly stating their intention. Mm -hmm. Because intention is always future-based. Right. 
it's always my intention is to. And mm-hmm. so you're looking at something that's in front of you rather than where you are. Mm-hmm. The other thing we don't realize is within the word intention is tension. So we're creating tension just by the mere fact of placing an intention. Because we're trying to get from where we are to somewhere else, mm-hmm. and we have to move through everything that's between the two. Right, right. So rather than do that, if we actually remained in a place of attention, then we would be in a place where we are discovering the tension that currently exists rather than creating more. Mm. We'd understand. We'd be in our bodies. We'd know where we're not feeling good. We'd understand and acknowledge, I'm tired today. Maybe today is the day of rest to allow everything I've put in place to have the time and the space to unfold. Mm. That sounds like mindfulness, mindfulness, right? Yes, yes, it is being so present to who one is, where one is, what one is, that you actually are lining up with the rhythm, the natural rhythm of the earth, the natural rhythm of the self. We've not been taught to rest. We've not been taught to stop. So crisis has to hit to make us stop, Uh and even then we don't always stop. And so if we move into a place of attention, our relationships would be different, our businesses would be different, and we would listen more deeply to know maybe today's the day to stop, today's the day to move, today's the day to breathe, today's the day to feel. We would get more in touch with ourselves, and instead of our energy being so much outside of us, mm-hmm. we would draw our energy back into us. Mm. I remember a, a colleague and I were teaching a class on time management, which is funny to me. <laughs> That's just funny. But anyway, she gave her very analytical, left-brain way of managing time. And, and there was a part of me somewhere that was like, wow, that is magnificent. You know, it's just like if you want to do X amount, then you put this here and this here and chunk it down and very analytical and and I, I looked at it, there was, this was a few years ago, I looked at it like, wow, that's that's the way I should be. I think I'll try that. And I put that on my calendar, and it felt as if I was going to be suffocated. It felt like my creativity was just, just stuffed out of me. And, and, I, and I learned, like, okay, even though Franklin Covey and all these time things, that doesn't honor your rhythm at all. It doesn't honor if you're right-brained or if you're a morning person or if you're a big picture or a small chunk person. It does nothing to do with managed energy. It's completely a system outside yourself. So I love that you're drawing people back into their own wisdom and living in accordance with their own rhythms and time schedules. So that's, mm, I hope you all are writing this down. Like this is a golden nugget right here. Well, you bring a, a, such a, a huge point, and especially from the creativity aspect. You know, if we really are trying to time manage, then we're trying to fit something that is unnameable, um, that is unseeable, mm-hmm. into a box called time. <laughs> we wonder why yeah, we exactly struggle with that. <laughs> exactly. And what I discovered is when I let go of time and I dive completely into creativity, Mm -hmm. time stretches. Mm -hmm. Everything that needs to get done gets done. Mm -hmm. In fact, more 
gets done because you're allowing something beyond uh, a construct to, to be free to move. And so, so many people run through life, rush through life because they're running out of time mm-hmm. when there's no time at all. But you're also speaking about trusting and surrendering, right? That's another example yes. for you, yeah. You know, would you circle back and talk about why rest is so important to expanding our lives? Because, you know, in our culture, we really are hammered, more is better, more is better, more is better, produce more. And then I think with the advent of, you know, working at home and social media, we don't have the construct of at 5 o'clock your work week is done. You know, I mean, I've, I've ran business meetings in the old days at midnight with my assistant's sanity, insanity, because we don't have the, the stops. We don't have the the things in place that say this time is sacred. So talk about rest and how that can really help our, our businesses and our lives and our relationships. You know, we've never really taught, uh, been taught how to rest. We've, we've been taught how to move, and in Western society, um, you know, movement is, is everything. Mm-hmm. It's a value And yet we, it, it, it's what's valued. Mm-hmm. And when we really think about rest, when we really think about what can happen in a space of time when everything has stopped, we begin to realize that other things can fall into place. We want to believe in miracles. We want to believe in signs Mm. and synchronicities. We want to believe in something bigger than ourselves, yet we want to control it all. (laughs) I love that. It's got to be bigger, but it can happen Friday at 7 because I want to go see a movie, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and we've forgotten that the stress and the time that we we utilize to create more stress has become the very addiction. Mm-hmm. I think part of the reason that people have such a hard time stopping and resting is because they've never been taught, number one, that that's valuable. Mm-hmm. And number two, when they do stop, it is literally like the feeling of withdrawal. You start to get the tremors. You start to feel the discomfort. You start yeah. to feel the mind starts to go about everything that you're going to be doing. And what if we stayed in that place for a while and let ourselves let the body release that? Because we don't let the body release the trauma that it keeps building yeah. up. And so then we wonder why the adrenals fail. We wonder why people are having uh, heart issues or having digestive issues and it's because we are pushing past something and we're never giving any part of ourselves a time to literally stop we let our cars stop our cars sit in our driveway all night and they get a chance to rest mm-hmm. we let we let our our you know all kinds of appliances everything that we do our lights we've given a chance for everything to stop except for ourselves mm. But when we do let something stop, when we do pull back, what actually happens is the opposite. I remember working with a client once, and he was so anxiously trying to make a project work, and he he was busy. He was so busy and so moving. And I said, you know, when have you just gone outside and laid in your hammock or taken a walk or just mm-hmm. sat there? And he said, I don't have time. I don't have time to stop. I've got to yeah. get this done. I've got a million-dollar deal on the table. It's going to fall through. I can see it. It's falling through right now. Mm. I said, why don't you stop? If you stopped, maybe it would have the chance to catch up so it wouldn't fall through. Mm. And he could not even fathom stopping. 
And so when he finally did stop, because he got so sick that he had to, and he ended up in the hospital. That's what happens. And life had to take care of it itself. Not only did the million-dollar deal fall through, a $3 million deal emerged. (laughs) That's a wonderful example. And that's what we don't realize, is when we give something the space to happen, it can happen. But if we've never allowed the space, how do we expect anything else to show up other than what we can produce with our two hands? Right. And then we're run ragged, so that's the work product's not very good. But exactly. you, you referenced earlier, like like kind of the dark, the light, the good, the bad. I, I don't mean to say good, bad, but, the, you know, the higher. You talked about the marriage of the, of the higher self and the lower self. It's kind of like that shadow stuff, you know. And so talk about what place does that shadow have with growing a business? The shadow actually helps us to move into all of the thoughts, the feelings, the impulses, the creativity, um, even the strengths of the shadow. You know, sometimes we don't want to think that shrewdness or uh, anger or um, even sadness would have any sort of purpose other than to be a feeling that doesn't feel very good. But many times in business, you know, some of the greatest creativity comes from the sadness because the heart opens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We touch something deeper. We we open up to another way of doing things. Or sometimes the business requires that we actually use that sense of anger and rage to fuel that into creativity mm-hmm. or to right. fuel a decision. It doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong or bad because... We just think that because that's what we've been taught. Yeah. But when we let ourselves understand that all the emotions are simply experience, because we are experience experiencing itself, and we can move into a place of neutrality around them, all of a sudden we start to usurp gifts that each of those can bring. And then we use those as additional tools in our chest rather than as uh, negative emotions or manipulative mm-hmm. tactics. Mm-hmm. Nice. This was kind of catalytic. It just it helps fuel whatever it is. I really like that. Yes. Yeah. Mm. So when people are kind of on the path of when they hear you or when they, you know somebody's listening and and they get this understanding about self love because that's really what this is. How does that help us like with humanity? You know, how does this help us make a better world? Most people right now are so busy and moving so quickly that they are really numbed out. Mm -hmm. They're not feeling anything. And when they do feel things, it is at such a surface level. Yeah. And so they've really negated themselves. They're, They're living these existences where they're basically no more than robots or zombies. And to dive into self-love, to truly say, how much love can I stand? Mm. How willing am I to be compassionate to myself? How willing am I to embrace myself and say, today, today, that I don't push myself as hard because I'm not here to prove to my father that I'm good enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to prove to my mother that I can live beyond her. Mm. I'm here to really live a life of aliveness and excitement 
and doing the things because they fulfill me in a certain way, not because I'm trying to measure mm-hmm. myself. Right, not ego pushing. Yeah. When, when we can really come to that place where we're so gentle and have that degree of compassion, we open not only our heart to ourselves, but we open our hearts to our fellow persons, our fellow uh, human beings. And we're in a place now where the world has to move beyond I and even we. It has to go to the place of all. Mm. It has to understand that this constant gathering of everything and, and, and trying to be the best or trying to just keep the focus on building a seven-figure income or attaining the biggest house or the most mm-hmm. jewelry or whatever it is, that that's not getting our world anywhere. Right. People have to realize that all these things that are happening outside of us, whether it is ISIS or whether it is children that have become violent or whether it is uh, people that are starving, are simply the mirrors of society trying to show us the very depths inside each one of us that we are yet to go. Mm -hmm. That is humanity. That is how we can really save the world and touch the world, simply by touching the core of our own humanity. Mm. Wow. I'm really glad I invited you. <laughs> I thought I was invi- I thought I was inviting you for my listeners, but I think I invited you for myself today. So, lucky listeners, they they get what I get, you know. So anyway, oh man, you are just oh, such a such such a voice of truth and love and a, and such a light in the world. And I just I just honor 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 the work you do and 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 who you are in the in the journey. And so. Um, as we wrap up, is there you know, kind of final thoughts, anything you would, you know, one last statement or anything else you want to share with my, with my listeners? If there was one thing that people left with here today, it is to give yourself a gift that you've never given yourself before. If you're truly seeking clarity, mm-hmm. if you're really wanting to understand who you are and the depth of love that you've yet to discover for yourself. Mm-hmm. Stop. Completely stop for two weeks. Lay in your bed. Do not move and feel every single thing that pops up. Let every single thought that surges through you to be revealed to yourself. And and just watch your patterns. Watch the desire and the need to get moving, to go do something on the computer, to get back on the phone, to try to, to be something or how you think the world is crumbling because you haven't shown up. Mm-hmm. Really let yourself experience that for two solid weeks. And you're going to feel a tiredness come over you. And that is a tiredness of so many years of doing so yeah, much right. that probably was against your own soul. And a lot of people are going to say, I don't want to go there. That doesn't feel very good. That doesn't feel very good at all. But what I can tell you is on the other side of that, you're opening a door to where your true happiness is, to what your soul really came here to do, to a sense of freedom that is far beyond any freedom you have ever experienced before. You are on a journey to love. That is the only true purpose any of us have here. And so I invite you to discover what self-love really is. And that begins by you seeing you, hearing you, acknowledging you, for exactly every piece and part that resides within me, seen or unseen up until this point. 
That was profound. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. So if somebody wants to follow you, which they should, seriously, follow this woman, get, get on her email list. So where would they go to follow you? Uh, my website is iamsimran.com, and so there are plenty of places there to find my social media or my newsletter. Um, my books are on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and they are really meant to share what I truly believe yeah. and to really open people to something very unique and magical that is extraordinary within the ordinariness of their lives. And so yeah. I invite people to to get my books and really see life from a different perspective. Mm. Awesome. I will, I, after, I'm going to go hang up <laughs> and buy your books. So, so <laughs> we are such a delight. I hope you, I hope you feel my heart just wrapping around you and just, mwah, um, loving, loving you for the work and for who you are. And so Simran, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, wow. Whew, what a treat today. Feel like we got to sit at the feet of the master here, and, and I know you have no ego, so you're probably like going, Psh, "Don't say that, right?" <laughs> but, but you have an example. That's all I am. Yeah, yeah, the example. That's right. We got to sit at the feet of the example, and so, um, so, so, take this in. Take this in. You know, so the next time you're in a breakdown, in quotes, right? The next time you feel like, ah, oh, crap, things are hard. Ah, oh, things aren't going the way I'm supposed to. Instead of fighting it. Go in. I love, love, love that invitation to go in. Manage your energy. See what's really wanting to be birthed or what's not wanting to come out. You know, just that's what I, that's the work I always do with my clients is learn to go in and trust yourself. And that's the invitation that Simran brings to us today. So this is Teresa and Simran and much love, many blessings. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you on another episode. Bye now. You've been listening to The Happy Business Show with Therese Skelly. Join us next time and invite your friends to join us at thehappybusinessshow.com. Visit thehappybusinessshow.com and get Therese's five-part video series, Eliminating Money Blocks. Thanks for tuning in.